As our industry defines its new normal, we're all looking for partners we can count on. From dual-tier, dual-protein options and portion cutting, to excellent customer support, food service is full service with Tyson Fresh Meats. Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu trends for both brands. Today I'm talking with Isaac Toops, chef owner of Toops Meadery in New Orleans. Isaac was born and raised in Louisiana, and his family has roots in the two sides of Cajun cuisine, Prairie Cajun and Coastal Cajun. He shares how these two styles infuse his menu at Toops, and how the resilience of the New Orleans community has been a source of strength. So welcome, Isaac. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, anytime. So let's start by talking a little bit about your vision for Toops Meadery when you first came up with the idea. And the heritage and the land and your family. Uh, well, a uh, quick background story. Uh, growing up, I grew up in Raymond, Louisiana, right outside Lafayette area. It's in the heart of Cajun country. And I had the wonderful upbringing of um, a prairie Cajun and a coastal Cajun. My dad's a coastal Cajun and my mother's a prairie Cajun. A lot of people don't know about the duality of that. So on one side of the family, we had, you know, shucked oysters and we caught and um, cleaned and cooked our own fish and with crawfish and crabs and shrimp. On the other side of the family, we had pig roast and rice dishes and all these wonderful um, uh, uh, prairie cuisines. So growing up, I had this wonderful upbringing of all this rich culture and all this rich food. And I didn't even know, you know, when you grow up with it, surrounded by it, you don't know that you're getting this wonderful upbringing. So I was very lucky to have this upbringing. And when I opened up the meadery, uh, I wanted to bring all of that to the plate. I wanted everybody to be able to enjoy what I've been enjoying my entire life. But I gotta admit, the original idea for the meadery was to be a butcher shop and to sell cured meats and charcuterie of uh, that nature. But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more like plated food I was doing, and then one day I had to admit to Amanda, my wife and partner, that like it's, it's a restaurant now. It, it's a restaurant and we gotta do Cajun food and we gotta do off-kilter Cajun food or, or new Cajun food, if you will. Mm-hmm. So do you have seafood as well? Absolutely, but the uh, the joke is the proteinery didn't sound as good. So, <laughs> and and what do you call the meat of a crab? You call it crab meat, right? Ah, so I, I, I've got you on a technicality, but I, we do uh, celebrate and embrace all of the Cajun players. So we always have crawfish, and oysters, and shrimp, and fish from the Gulf, uh, the brackish waters. Uh, we celebrate everything that is animal. So, were you a chef before you opened the meadery, or is this your first restaurant? Uh, this is my first restaurant um, that, that, I, that I own. I, I ran some restaurants before that weren't my own. I was a chef at a couple of places. I worked with Chef Ramalagasi for 10 years, mm-hmm. a couple of the private gigs, and then um, we got tired of working, uh, busting our home for other people and start, well, why don't we just bust our home for ourselves? Sounds like a good idea. So far. So let's hear about the menu a little bit, you know, especially, um, you know, some of the underutilized cuts that you're bringing to New Orleans. Yeah, I say contemporary Cajun because I I don't like naming my my food, my cuisine, but that's probably the best interpretation of it. But, you know, Cajuns, we, um, the whole, remember the catchphrase, whole hog? Cajuns have been doing whole hog for millennia, not millennia, but hundreds of years. So what you you do with the other parts, you throw them away, that makes no sense. So I always hated that buzz phrase whole hog, I mean, like that's, that's what hogs and cheese is. So 
not only do I, I, I preach it, but I practice it. So we have everything from hogshead cheese, which is literal pate made from the head of a cheese. We serve lamb neck. We serve lots of pork belly. We serve uh, turkey necks. We serve chicken liver mousse. We serve gizzards. We serve everything. Everything that, that moves, swims, I serve crab fat or crab roe as it is. I truly embrace everything that tastes good. The only thing on the menu that I don't serve are things that I don't find that taste good. Chicken breast aren't on my menu. Got no flavor, stick with the dark meat. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. So I heard that, you know, it referred to as born and braised. So do you do a lot of braising of these tougher uh, bra <laughs> Braising is one of my preferred methods. Uh, I keep it to a minimum during the summertime just because it's very hot and whatnot. But braising is uh, just a wonderful traditional uh, technique that we utilize in our French cooking and our Cajun cooking. And that's just absolutely fantastic, especially when you know how to do it and you know how to uh, deglaze the fats. I'm sorry, not deglaze uh, the pan and you know how to remove the fats, add uh, flavors like red wine and anchovy, garlic. When you know how to braise, it is an absolutely wonderful thing to accomplish. So I heard that you also blend uh, Cajun flavors and some of more sophisticated, you know, techniques that you might have learned when you were working in other restaurants. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, I pick up things along the way uh, from everybody that I've ever cooked with. Um, whether it's, you know, I pick up, the, the way I braise my lamb neck is actually a Spanish style. I braise it in red wine, tomato, and anchovy. So I learned that little technique, and I learned a bunch of techniques from some Italian guys about how to make charcuterie. Oh. And um, then, of course, I learned from some French background. So every little thing I pick up, every time I go out to eat, I'll eat something and go, wow, what's this flavor? And that's the chef. He's like, that's lemongrass. So I got to go out, and I got to go find some lemongrass, and I got to mess with it. If you're lime leaves, I have an aged soy sauce from Korea at my house. I use it all. I use it all, and sometimes... People actually don't say this, but sometimes people, I guess, they may think it that like, well, that's not very Cajun, and I don't care if it's not. I don't care if it's 100 Cajun. I, I care. You put it in your mouth and enjoy it. That's what I care about. Yeah. So you're, um, I know that, you know, like other restaurants, Tube's Meadery was closed for dine-in for several months, and then Louisiana opened restaurants pretty quickly and then closed them down again. Is that, do I have that right? Yeah, we closed down. Uh, the first day we closed it down and we essentially dipped the restaurant in bleach, makes sure everything was good. And then uh, we opened up immediately the next day for takeout business. That's all we could do. And then once the, that restriction was left, we opened up the dining room. And then one of our employees' uh, relatives uh, tested positive for COVID. So we shut down again. We, got, we dipped the place in bleach again, got everybody tested for COVID again. And then uh, recently, we just reopened for some dinner services and some brunch services, uh, keeping the, um, the employees that were sick uh, isolated and away, and all the healthy employees are here. We're using masks. Uh, we're sanitizing everything. We're washing our hands. We're going through all the proper um, stuff you got to do to keep going. Right. So you're currently serving on the patio, too. So what are you serving out there? Uh, we serve the normal menu uh, at the patio. Uh, the bar is closed right now, of course, and we're doing limited seating on the inside. And we're always having uh, different specials, and we're going to be doing a culinary menu later on. So we're trying to keep some of the, uh, you know, some of the ingredients ready to rock and whatnot. So we're always trying to trying to be on the cutting edge at the same time, uh, trying to keep trying to survive the restaurant world. You're not allowed to serve any alcohol now. Is that correct? Or oh. 
we can serve alcohol. We just can't serve people at the bar because the bar is uh, less than six feet away from my bartender. So, so uh, alcohol, alcohol is still good to go. You can still get your drink on. This is New Orleans for the love of God. <laughs> right. So you can serve um, cocktails out on the patio then. Absolutely. In fact, oh. I encourage you. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of um, drinks are you serving out there? Do you have some specialties for the summer? Oh, yeah, we are, we're always serving up uh, cocktails by my mixed master bartender. We have a, a Satsuma cocktail right now. We always have a watermelon cocktail going on. Uh, it's summertime. The watermelons are sweet. We call it the watermelon martini. You can get a Toops Manhattan. And one of the things about a Toops Manhattan, it comes with a piece of candy pork belly, which we call Rion's. So, mm. And uh, we always keep a selection of local beers. <laughs> we, uh, we, we always go as local as possible. And this is New Orleans. We, we like to keep it wet. Mm-hmm. And how about wine? Do you serve that as well? Uh, my, my wife is a French wine scholar, uh, so we always have uh, lots of uh, French rosé and French uh, wines. Red, white, bubbly. Uh, uh, the, one of the mottos in this restaurant is foie gras and your flip-flops. Because you can come get a good bottle of wine and a piece of foie gras in your shorts and flip-flops. That's super. I know a lot of uh, chefs are kind of streamlining their menus now, but it sounds like you haven't done much of that, or have you? Oh, we have. We actually reduced the size of the menu, keeping all the, like, the, uh, the main favorites and a variety of the main favorites on the menu. We did reduce the size of the menu. Um, and I, honestly, I might go with it from here on out. I love the size. I love the concentration of it. I may never go back. How did you choose the, um, you know, the items that you kept on there? Were they the favorites or the best sellers? Yeah, we kept the meadery board on. We kept the lamb neck and the couvion. We kept a lot of favorites. Some of the favorites went to the sideline right now because either I couldn't find them or they were too expensive or a combination of the two or it has a low shelf life and I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell it all. So it's this combination. We looked at everything and going like, okay, what's the most affordable? What can I keep getting in? and kind of using that combination to keep the menu going. Let's talk a little bit about the, you know, the family meals and some of the meal kits you were offering when you were doing just takeout. Yeah, we don't really do any meal kits per se, but we were doing a lot of takeout menu and a lot of meals free of charge. A lot of people are out here without work, a lot of service industry, where a lot of people in hospitals aren't getting proper food. Uh, we're feeding a lot of nursing homes, a lot of people in need, the Salvation Navy. Salvation Army, I'm sorry, Jesus. Um, we feed the, the, um, the women's and children's shelter. We got baskets for Easter for the children. We got some Mother's Day baskets of uh, toiletries and smell good for the moms. We're helping a lot of people out there. A lot of it's out of pocket, but we've also uh, partnered with uh, Chef's Brigade and Jose Andres' World Central Kitchen to right. get a little, little bit of money for plates. But essentially, the thing is, if you want a meal, come get one. You can afford a meal, please come help us out. Can't afford one, we still got you covered. Either way, you come to Toops and you will be fed. So I heard that you fed like 300 people a day, which is amazing. I mean, um, that was at the midpoint. Uh, at one point, we were doing giving away 500 meals a day, uh, and right now, through, with the World Central Kitchen, we do up to a thousand a day. Wow. So now you're serving lunch, but it's on a different schedule or a different menu. Yeah, we're serving. Um, right now, we're serving lunch Wednesday through. Um, uh, Fridays, and then we're doing brunch Saturday and Sunday. We're closed Sunday night to prepare all the World Central Kitchen and Chef's Brigade meals. 
So it's a little bit of an issue, but we're staying open for most of our busy, busy uh, uh, services. So that's good. Oh, good. So some of the creative um, menu items you did during the pandemic, you know, for takeout and delivery, like I was, I heard about the lamb morgues sausage morgues. I probably pronounced that incorrectly too. It's lamb morgues sausage. You, you, you got it right. Oh, good. So tell me about how you made that into corn dogs. Oh, well, uh, we had this, I, I forget where a lot of these ideas just come from. Sometimes they just, just come out of your brain like, oh, why don't we, we'll have this sausage. Well, why don't we make it a corn dog? Well, why don't we make Marissa ketchup with it? So uh, it's the, the, one of these ideas which kind of bouncing off me and my chef cuisine, Jennifer. She's like, chef, I want to make merguez sausage for the daily sausage. We always have a sausage house made in house for the meat board or for a la carte purposes. So, uh, and then we're like, man, wouldn't it be cool to make it into corn dogs? And we're like, yeah. And we're like, why don't we make cool ketchup? I'm like, well, Marissa is in uh, uh, merguez, so why don't we make that and turn it into ketchup, and we'll have ketchup and corn, corn dog. And it, they flew out of the shelves. Uh, my wife wants them on the menu. I can't disagree with her. They might be on the menu pretty soon. It's one of those, like, wonderful things you get out of, like, necessity, and that's cooking, and we have to make sausage, and like, oh, well, let's just be fun with it, and that's what the meadery is. You can be fun and professional and tasty all at the same time, and that's why I love it. Right. So is that something that you serve on the patio as well? Absolutely. Like I said, every, you can get everything on the patio. Mm -hmm. So I, I suggest a nice cold drink on the patio, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can see having that with one of your Manhattans with the candy bacon in it. That sounds like it would go well together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about your charcuterie boards. I mean, those sound like really inventive and um, different. Yeah, well, our, our charcuterie boards, we call them meadery boards uh, mm -hmm. because this, this is the meadery. And back in the day, we, we, we had a, a dry curing chamber. We, we get all of our dry curing charcuterie. Well, that chamber went out one weekend. I lost $1,000 worth of charcuterie. I said, okay, look, for the time being, we're going to have to go to all fresh charcuterie. Well, I love the all fresh charcuterie so much that to this day, we only do fresh charcuterie. So there's no dry cured or anything. So that's why I call it a meadery board. So we have boudin and cracklings and hogshead cheese and rions and duck ham and smoked stuff. And we have coffee turkey necks. Uh, and we have um, chicken liver mousse and we have foie gras. We always have cheeses and whatnot. There's this big old meat platter that is like, you know, it's meant to share for two, but we've had people eat it for their whole entree. And I don't care how you order it. You're going to be happy when you get it. And it's a steal too. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a lot of money. We put a lot of love into it because I, I want my food to be approachable and affordable for everybody. Uh, and just a super amount of love goes into it and it changes uh, depending on the season, depending on the pickles, depending on the cheeses, depending on the whims of me and my chefs. Mm. So you change the meats as well that go on there? Every once in a while we change the meats. Some of the meats we don't change because there would be a ride outside. Like if I took the cracklings off the meat board, someone would try to probably burn this place down. Right. Well, we don't want that to happen. No. So I also heard that you and your wife developed um, a bunch of spice blends and you're selling them. So can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, we actually partnered uh, recently with a spice company called Spiceology. It's the number one chef-driven uh, new spice company in, uh, in the United States. They're fantastic. The prices and the quality of their spices are unmatched. And they wrangled me in um, to create some spices for them, which I was more than happy to do. I already had some of these spices that I used at the restaurant. 
So uh, we start off with a uh, with a like an all-purpose Louisiana spice and also a seafood spice. We're working on the names right now, but Louisiana Thunder Dust might be one of them because I just make up names for stuff that 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 make me laugh. Uh, and also, me and Amanda have a husband and wife spice coming out uh, that we're especially proud of. And uh, not only are they cool sounding names and cool products, but they work well and they're delicious. So I'm very happy to be having uh, my spices out um, to the masses. So can you tell me what's in the husband and wife spice blend? It, must, it sounds pretty uh, zesty. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure how much I'm, uh, I'm able to tell, but um, the Lady Blanc or my wife's uh, spice has some ginger and orange in it, along with a little bit of white pepper and a little bit of citric acid. So it's very bright and it's very uh, uh, um, not earthy, very floral. So it's wonderful seasoning for your lighter items. It makes a really good ranch dip. I'll tell you that much. So it's, it's like ranch supreme flavor. I'm not even sure that's a good way to describe it. Where Mr. Rouge or my flavor is, is this wonderful peppery, fiery, very earthy bowl blend meant for your searing of meats and your barbecues. So super excited about both. Lady, Lady Blanc and Mr. Rouge. I love the name. Do you um, sell those at the restaurant too, or is it just sold through Spiceology? It's, it's through Spiceology. We'll have some to sell at the restaurant when the time comes around, but uh, we're still cycling through. In fact, the spices just came in the other day, and I'm scheduled to do a photo shoot with them tomorrow. So oh. that's where we're at. And as soon as that, all the photos come in, and they get the spice blend, then we'll be able to sell them. So we're at the mid-level point, I guess, of the operation. Were you selling any other, um, like, you know, grocery items from your restaurant during the shutdown? Or was that uh, Before the shutdown, we're, we're, um, I've, uh, I've developed two different hot sauces, Smoky Green and Louisiana Liquid Snake. Again, I just make up names that make them sound, uh, names are great. Make it sound cool. Uh, so... Yeah, Louisiana liquid snake is my, is my hot sauce. I make it with Louisiana cayenne peppers, a lot of garlic and red wine. It's fiery, it's spicy, it's delicious. But my favorite one is smoky green. I take poblano peppers and jalapeno peppers, hard smoke them in a giant smoker. It has cider vinegar and um, uh, a lot of garlic. And so there's this wonderful, smoky, earthy, uh, delicious paste that just comes out like, I'm uh, sorry, product. It just comes out wonderful. You can use it on a bunch of things. My daughters love it. So it's not too spicy, but it is a wonderful, unique product that I'm super proud of. So is it something you would like sprinkle on top of, you know, a dish rather than incorporate it into a recipe? Uh, we do both here at the meadery. So at the meadery, when we fry frying pork chops, we marinate the smoky green in with buttermilk and the pork chops to create the brine. But it also goes great on your scrambled eggs, on your pizza, or on my daughter. She likes to put it on her sushi because she's special. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds great. So do you use any of your family's recipes at the restaurant? I know that you, know, you mentioned that you have two sides of Cajun in your family. So have any of those made it onto the menu? Absolutely. I mean, um, for, say for instance, my grandmother's uh, Cuvion dish. Her, uh, she, she would catch the fish, clean the fish, and then cook that fish herself. She was a one-lady one, uh, show. And that Cuvion dish is, is a wonderful red gravy stew uh, that's served over rice, and it's absolutely delicious. It's one of the, the better things to me. And uh, people love it to this day. I took it off the menu one time, and like they had a riot. So I used my grandmother's recipe, and I uh, updated with prop, proper uh, techniques and ingredients. But it still stays true to that Cajun background. And then I add crab fat fried rice to it to kind of give it my own spin. So it's a wonderful 
selection. It's always got Gulf seafood in it. Right now we have some catfish, crawfish, and uh, shrimp in the dish. Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of changed out so what's in season, but uh, I've never had anybody try it who didn't like it. And if you don't like the cuvillon, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so, um, you know, during the pandemic, um, the New Orleans community really came together and your customers came together. So talk a little bit about that and why New Orleans is special. New Orleans, I'm pronouncing it correctly now. You're good, you're good. That way. <laughs> uh, you know, New Orleans and all of the South is a pretty tight-knit community. We tend to always have each other's backs. I mean, this goes back to Hurricane Katrina, the recent storms in Baton Rouge. Uh, everything that happens, we've always just kind of like, okay, get the crawfish pots, let's cook. Oh, you need some groceries? Okay, let's crowdsource some groceries. Uh, you know, you need help taking care of your kid? Hold on, we'll get the babysitter out there. So New Orleans and the South have always had each other's backs. I think that's very cultural. And New Orleans especially, you know, we've always kind of gone through downtimes here and there for some reason. If it's not Hurricane Andrew or Hurricane Isaac, it's Hurricane Katrina. If it's not flooding, if it's not a, a massive fire going something on, so we, we always have this big communal background, and we always just have each other's back. I think it's just a, a great way to go about it. Our customers, either with, through social media or face-to-face uh, -to -face or mass-to-mass -mass nowadays, try to keep everybody informed of what's going on. We're a very much neighborhood restaurant, so if I want to talk to some of my customers, I just got to make the block. And everybody's super supportive. You know, again, we've had some neighbors come get some free meals and we have some neighbors uh, drop money off of us, to us or drop food off to, to help feed each other. So again, like the community around here, just ha we have each other's backs and that's a big important thing. Thanks so much for sharing your story, Isaac. If you'd like to listen to past podcasts, they are available on Spotify. Please join us for the next episode of Menu Feed to hear from more chefs and culinary personalities. From the biggest orders to the smallest details, Tyson Fresh Meats has you and your guests covered. Look for us across social media at Tyson Fresh Meats Food Service for culinary inspiration, industry insights, and more. Music